Welcome to the Memory Distillery, everyone. I'm Anthony Verneri. And I'm John Deck. And each week we will malt, mash, ferment, and distill our way through the spirits of our past in the form of long-loved pizza. <laughs> and this week... Cricket. Cricket? Nobody understands cricket. You gotta know what a crumpet is to understand cricket. That's right. We're watching Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from 1990, directed by Steve Barron. This popped up on Netflix, and John said, "Hey, we gotta watch this." We do. I'm very, I'm happy and excited. I too am happy and excited. This is this is one that was deeply, deeply entrenched into my childhood. I probably, uh, I probably watched the VHS of this like easily a hundred times I wore out the tape. It snapped like the the whole nine yards. Like this was one that I just kept watching over and over again. Yeah. This was for me for, for quite a while. It was a, a real comfort movie for me when I just needed something dumb and fun and great and just something I could put on. And oftentimes it just be in the background and, you know, I'd go to sleep sometimes watching it and like it just it was just one of those movies that had a cycle in my life for a number of years where it was just I wouldn't call it a guilty pleasure movie because I never felt guilty. But, you know, <laughs> it, it, it's it's just one of those movies that is fun. It's got some very interesting elements to how it was made in terms of the, the puppeteering and the technical aspects and even just the touch of the martial arts and like. It, there, there's a lot of there to talk about, I believe. And on top of that, it's just, you know, there are times when we bring up movies and we go, oh, I don't know if we watch that. I might be disappointed because I might turn out that it was a horrible movie and I hated it. Like, there's no chance of that with this movie, because even though I haven't seen it in a very long time, I'm not expecting Rembrandt or, you know, Shakespeare or anything. It's like, I know exactly what we're getting. and it's just something I can't help but have fun with. So, you know, maybe I'm bitter and maybe I've become this horrible old man who can't appreciate the joy of the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. And if that's what I've become, I, I don't know. I got a course correct. So I think we're going to just have a fun time. No, I think we are, too. I think that we're <laughs> we're in for a treat. Um, I, I don't have expectations with this because... I, I'm 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 looking at this one just a little bit differently. I'm going into it a little bit differently. I'm treating it a bit more like greeting an old friend rather than like is this movie gonna still suck? So I I I'm I don't have the, like you I don't have that the that trepidation that I have with some other movies. So uh, I'm I'm really excited to to jump in and watch this. In fact, I think that's what we're gonna go do right now. Oh, uh, it's, oh yeah. Oh, yeah, it's streaming on Netflix and on HBO Max. You can get it at one of those, two. I almost guarantee you have one of those, two. If you don't, you know where to get movies. And when we come back, we're talking about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. John, are you ready? Turtle power. Let's do it. here because the outside world rejects you. This is your family. I am your father. That was a great imitation, John. Good job. <clears throat> I'll try another one. I have always liked Kawabunga. <laughs> <laughs> I made a funny. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> oh boy! Oh boy! Oh boy! Indeed. <laughs> uh, welcome back, everyone. John, uh, I'm okay. I, I gotta come in here real quick and just say, uh, really early on, I'm gonna tell you we might have to dive down the turtle hole and do the second movie because. <laughs> 
there's there's a lot going on here and some of it I hate and some of it I love and some of it I hate to the point that I want to see it fixed. And so I want to see if the second one does it because I feel like the second one's the better movie if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, I don't I don't know about that. I do know they made some improvements on like the animatronics and the faces of, of the turtles and there's some certain improvements, but I kind of recall certain things falling apart, but but then again, in the second movie, you have Vanilla Ice, and so like, yeah, I mean, we just might That's have to a lot of clout. It's a lot of clout. It's a it's a early twenty twenty two teenage mutant ninja turtle marathon miracle group of <laughs> something. Yeah, so teenage mutant ninja turtles from nineteen ninety, as we've already yes, said. Uh, you know what? <laughs> like, there are so many bad things about this movie. There, are, <laughs> there are, there's just so much that is just dumb, like both juvenile dumb, just like bad acting dumb, some weird decisions on plot dumb, some bad speeches dumb. There are martial art fights that start off good, get really dumb, become good again, get dumb again, all in the span of like 32 seconds. There's a lot of bad, dumb stuff going on in this movie. Let's just get that straight. That's a fact of nature, irrefutable, and I loved it. Okay. So, <laughs> let's let's just make sure that we're very clear about our positions mm. before we go any further here. Right. Is this a good movie? Oh, God, no. Okay, good. Now, did you love this movie? I I just really, despite everything, and trying to keep an open mind and be willing to hate this movie, I still really enjoyed it a lot. I don't, so I, could, I don't know if I could say love, but I really enjoyed it a lot. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I can't believe how much fun I had watching this, despite... The very weird storytelling that's going on. So many and the weird fact things. that they're <laughs> the worst ninjas on the planet. So bad. Um like there's like right out of the gate. So many raffles is a They have no discipline. Splinter's like, oh, let's meditate. The turtle's like, nope, fuck that shit. Dance party. <laughs> yeah. Splinter's like, oh, operate in the shadows, never be seen. Separate yourself from everyone else, which shouldn't be hard because you're freaks of nature. But then five minutes later, he's like, okay. So news reporter April O'Neil, it starts out like this. I was a little rat. And I was imitating my master, and I'm now going to tell you the entire life stories of myself and my turtle sons. Yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> so you, you have you have Shredder noticing that the turtles have they have a very specific style of martial art that he could trace back to a specific special form of ninjutsu. That he didn't know enough, but like he could kind of see it was just like you know what Yoshi had, and 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 near as I can tell, two thirds of the moves taught apparently in this special branch of ninjutsu is to just jump in the air towards a person, mm -hmm. and it's like Correct. of all of the things I've come to learn about being a ninja, both you know historically as well as fictionally, the idea. It's really kind of like what they did in the very beginning in the movie with the, you know, like they did some, they tried at first to be a little ninja-like, you know, they're, they're smashing light bulbs, fighting in the dark, sliding through shadows, trying to stay hidden. And then it's just like, whoa, dude. And like, <laughs> it all goes off the rails. And then every fight they're like doing somersaults rolling together. They're, you know, it's like, I understand it was fun, cheesy stuff for kids and all this stuff but then other times they're doing these sweet like triple kicks and great fight choreography and it looks legit for like 10 seconds but then it goes right back into a like a i'm just gonna stare at you and be like blah, 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 look i'm a turtle ah! and then they just like jump in the air and it's like oh let's have a, a big fight you know with a, a big bad guy and you know we'll it's gonna be really dangerous a, a fight to the death and so when i get really 
really into it. I'm just going to just run and jump headfirst without even holding my weapon out in front of me and just be like, ah. And then Shredder, of course, he's a really big bad villain. We're jumping to the end of the movie. But, like, his big final stand is to just joust with a rat on the, the edge of a building and he falls <laughs> off. So, like, even the culmination of everything that happens is just it's just a lot of nothing. And yet. And yet. It's great. It was fun. It's so good. Uh, product placement galore in this. Yeah. Danny's eating his Whopper and Michelangelo's getting him some Domino's pizza. And weren't there like Domino's pizza, uh, like promotional campaigns around this? Like, oh, get a free turtle thing. For, I have no you know, doubt you that that pizza was or whatever. That was had to be a real thing. And it used to be, I don't know because I'm older than you. I don't know if you recall this, but it used to be with a Domino's pizza. If it wasn't there in 30 minutes, it was free. Right. And then they had to change that because people were getting in accidents and driving recklessly and doing all these things because they didn't want to get fired from their job. And in this, it's like $3 off if you don't make it there in time or something like that. And, and so it's like, you know, okay, that's the fun, fun, silly stuff. But you're right. Product placement, uh, <laughs> It's just the name of the game. They they definitely made their money on this. But, you know, what's interesting is that, like, at the time, this was by far the largest grossing independent movie ever made. Um, no, Really? Because at the time, no major studios would sign it. So they it did not get originally published under any studio label as independent. And it wasn't until Blair Witch Project that it was, like, unseated from that throne. But yeah, oh, it, wow. it for for what it was and what it did, even if the numbers don't sound impressive in terms of like independent productions that no studio would dare get behind because it looked <laughs> too crazy. Uh, yeah. So so there you go. That's tr- I got lots of trivia this episode. You're, you're going to have to buckle up. OK, maybe you can answer this question without me having to look it up. Then when did the animated uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles start? Well, did, did did that predate the movie? Yeah, it did. And okay. uh, like some of what happened with the success of uh, of the comics into the cartoon uh, is what really prompted and pushed them to make this. And they were trying like there were talks for a while of how to do this because they didn't want to make it a cartoon because mm-hmm. they thought that would be a little, you know, they wanted it to be more like live action, but they, they kind of went back and forth. They didn't know exactly how to do that. And like the 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 point where they really started to get serious was when Roger Rabbit came out. Mm-hmm. Um, and they decided they were going to do it just like Roger Rabbit and have it be animation combined with live action real people because they were like, wow, that's amazing what, what they did in Roger Rabbit. It's so realistic. It looks like they're really interacting. This is going to be you know, just crazy enough, it just might work. And then they found out it's really hard <laughs> to do what they did in Roger Rabbit. Like, that was just, <laughs> as a you movie need professional we've... actors that can coordinate with, you know, non-existent Yeah, and, and all the animation and rotoscoping and all the things, the technical aspects of how they did everything was just phenomenal. And so they quickly shifted to just, let's wear a, you know, turtle costume. Yeah, that's probably they probably made the right choice there. I will say, even though looking at it through the 2022 lens, the the animatronics and the costuming isn't great. It's also not terrible. You know what? Like, I think they did really right with this. And and again, sometimes life imitating art and things can get confusing. But like right before we did this movie, uh, every Saturday. There's a YouTube channel that puts out uh, content, uh, Quarter Crew, if you want to check it out. But they put out content on either... They... I think we've mentioned them on the show before. Actually. Yeah, maybe at some point they'll give me a mug. I, I don't know. No, but like they, they talk or a about... shout out. They talk about special effects. They talk about uh, martial arts. They talk about animation. They talk about all these things. And it just so happened, this last Saturday, uh, they had... Uh, Adam Savage on as a special guest, which I love Adam Ooh. Savage anyway. But one of the things they talked about were the animatronics and the masks of the turtles in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, turtles 2. Um, okay. and, and just at what a phenomenal 
you know, like bit of real, I forgot what the term is, but like uh, practical effects. That's it. Like just how amazing, how intricate it was. And, and these were not bad, but that's one of the reasons why I might be willing to do the sequel is just because this was fun. And also because I want to see and compare the suits and the, the faces and how, how that improved. But I think one of the things that they did well was they kept the costumes lean enough that the actors, the physical actors, could move cleanly and clearly with the rest of their body, but with the animatronics in the face, they managed to really hit on those things that give you at least a slight dimension of probability that this could be somewhat real-ish. <laughs> it wasn't just like a Halloween mask with no articulation. It was surprisingly uh, lifelike, you know, so to speak. It was, honestly, like, and... and getting it to to work within the spaces that they used like they they were really smart about like having heads turned a certain way so it didn't necessarily look like they were saying one thing or another you could get away with the the you know out of sync or whatever but then being very focused in those shots where they basically just did a still on the face of whichever turtle was talking to get the lip movements right and and whatever yeah but they had so like it was it is all about puppetry, which uh, again comes back to a recurring theme. I mean, how many movies have we've done that somehow have been typed Jim Henson? Um, you know, it's like plenty. Yeah, I mean... many, <laughs> uh, many. So we don't even have to count into it. But like the 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 turtles' faces and mouths and stuff. Like when I say animatronics, what I mean is they have these rigs where the person controlling the mouth and, and face of the turtle, they're using their hand like a hand puppet, except with intricate controls. So it's not using joysticks and stuff. It's using what looks like someone sticking their hand in the mouth of a puppet or turtle. And so they have more movement and more ability. And it's got to be, you know, puppeteers who are used to using their hands to make mouth expressions. And right. again, I'm using a lot of bad words here, but like, so <laughs> it, it's, it's just fascinating to me. And like, uh, Jim Henson, like when they came to him to try to do the best they could to make some of these things realistic, like he, he passed away between the two Turtles movies. Um, so uh -huh. even though his legacy continued, he didn't actually advise directly on the second uh, movie. But yeah, so like uh, and and, and I, again, for the life of me, can't remember if I mentioned this in our opening, um, but I did remember before this that uh, Kevin Clash, who is the famous puppeteer and voice of Elmo, uh, did the puppeteering and voice for Splinter. Um, that is now, I believe, <laughs> the third mention of it in this episode. At least three. So, you know, we got. <laughs> I'll probably mention it again a fourth time so we, everybody can really feel good when we circle back to the important things. But it's all to say that this idea of blurring the lines between fantasy and reality, like when you leave the realm of animation, like high-quality puppeteering is like that next step. And then now... You have some people using CGI to, some would say, a great effect and some would say a questionable effect for these fantastical beings and creatures and, and things like that. I think we continue to refine and find good ways forward, but then there's times when there's something magical about you're watching a being that might be a sock, but it might actually be a rat. You don't know. It could go either way. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, they do this thing in this movie that I, I really like. It's like a little nod or, or, or a wink at the camera. They they have this commitment to lampooning catchphrases yeah. in like action movies like, you know, Cowabunga and Awesome, Radical, Bossa Nova, Chevy Nova. Uh they they just they they're into it and i really really enjoy seeing them do it because it, it becomes like a like an analysis of the trope unto itself yeah uh, i mean do you, do you think that was the the intention no i oh, mean absolutely okay yeah well it, the, it what's funny another thing i find very funny is the references, like, it's classic old people writing a kid's movie experience. Not someone who's really good at writing a kid's movie and makes it intelligent enough to keep adults entertained, but it's 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 the reverse, because 
Like, what kid, when you're young, understands the, like, dude, Bossa Nova? And then he's like, Chevy Nova? Like, who who gets why that might be funny? Not a little kid. And, oh, you know, for sure. getting into I, a, I, but... a big argument about Gilligan's Island characters, it's like, <laughs> even right, in the, in the early kid, 90s. I also, I also didn't appreciate, the, I, I didn't have an appreciation for the back and forth of, oh, no, that's too derivative, or, no, yeah. it's whatever. Like, I, I didn't know what any of that meant. I just I was enjoying watching these turtles beat the shit out of other ninjas, like the foot soldiers. So I didn't care what they were necessarily talking about in those phrases. I could recite them word for word, but I didn't necessarily care what they meant when I was 10 years old. Yeah, It wasn't until I watched it now that I realized, oh shit, this is really funny. They're breaking down the fourth wall essentially to, to, to go through this stuff. All right, I think it's time I drop another bit of trivia that is a lot of fun. Okay, so uh, Judith Hogg, uh, Hogg, April yes. O'Neil, just in this movie because she was you know fired because she was too demanding and they didn't like working with her is the rumor. Um, so when we, if we do watch the second one, we'll notice April Neal's played by someone else, but she, uh, when she heard about this movie and got the part, uh, had no idea what Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are, were, would be, she didn't know anything, but she was filming at that moment. She was, uh, making a Cadillac man with Robin Williams. Oh, okay. And Oh, that's right. She was in that. Yeah. And Robin Williams was a huge fan of the comic. He loved Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. He thought they were a lot of fun. And so he was telling her all about that and about her character specifically in the role oh she plays. Oh, God, that's and, amazing. And how she should play it and stuff like that. So um, and to to maybe to her credit, it's easy to say, oh, she was too difficult to work with. But, you know, some of those the rumors or the thoughts or whatever are tied to like she didn't like that. She was always having to wear a mini skirt and all, you know, it's like, yeah. Nowadays, that a, a woman actually has the ability to voice whether or not she's comfortable in like the wardrobe and if it makes sense or not. I'm not saying they, that actresses always do. And in fact, sometimes they probably wouldn't say anything because of fear of what happened here, right. of, of being labeled as unreasonable or losing your job over it or anything. But, you know, uh, still, even at the time, just to know these decisions and what she did in the character. And, and again, her character in this movie wasn't like my favorite thing about it, but knowing that like Robin Williams was like mentoring her and telling her all about it to prepare her for the role is just like a really cool connection to me. That's so cool. Uh, That is such a fun fact that she got mentored by Robin Williams. That's fantastic. Yeah. So I had some questions about, and, and maybe we have an answer for them or maybe we don't. It's a lot of like the very weird storytelling stuff. Like for instance, so rats, I had to look this up because I was very interested. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Rats don't live much more than five years. So how much revenge did little pre oozed splinter expect he was going to get, uh, on his, his master's killer? Well, first of all, first of all, rat, first of all, who are you to question the motivations of a rat? But but secondly, you know, this is a a mutated rat, you know? And okay. we don't so, know. But he's mutated now. But we don't know when that mutation began. Well, it was after his master died. That's what you think. But I That's suspect. That's what the story says. Yeah, but I look between the lines because, you know, <laughs> sometimes you got to really dig in. I oh, think. Okay. I think that this rat uh, had some sort of close but not close enough proximity to this ooze to start transforming very slowly at first. So slow becoming, I mean, rats already, granted, very intelligent animals. Um, sure. And so just to give him that extra edge and like, so I think for a little while he was already taking on just a slightly accelerated uh, level of intelligence and awareness of his master, all these things. So he was already primed. The pump is primed. And so as soon as this mutagen is in his system and he's growing and all these things are happening, he becomes, you know, aware of his own mortality, of course. 
you know, that's the first thing that happens to a rat when it gets mutated and becomes uh, sentient and stuff. Of course, if, I mean, it's just obvious. And as it progressed and as all these events happened and he attacked, uh, you know, I'll say Shredder because I can never remember his name. Hakatori Nakatomi Plaza. <laughs> uh IMDB doesn't even say it just says the shredder. Yeah, that's too bad. Anyway, so uh you know you got the the rat. You, he he's all grown up, he's mutated. You can't hold him to the laws of how long a rat lives. It, it's it the game it's a game changer. Everything's different. It's a remix. Is that enough to satisfy you or are you still trying wow. to find the name of a uh, Hakatori no, that's great. Maka Sokutaki something. No, that's great. I'm, I'm my, my mind is blown by that stunning analysis of what if he was already changing despite what the story said. Yeah. I, I was I was really Oh yeah. See that's I, I'm surprised. I was just fucking blown away by that. I, I'm surprised that after all we've been through together, <laughs> that <laughs> that you that lesson you haven't learned that lesson about anything involving Muppets. When Jim Hansen <laughs> has at least even tangentially touched a project, all rules of reality are uh, up in the air. So you're right. You're you absolutely know, right. I wouldn't and be that, shocked. That's if my fault. He was probably involved in Dark City in some way that we don't know about because that's why everything was weird in that movie. God, could you imagine? Uh, Actually, yeah, I could. <laughs> and we call it Farscape. <laughs> I fucking love Farscape, though. Don't knock Farscape. I'm not knocking it. I'm saying that's if you put you know Muppets in sci-fi, you get a yeah, Farscape. Pretty much. Um, right. So... I don't know if you happen to look at the shredder and who played him, uh, an actor by the name of James Saito. Um, he's been in some stuff recently that I've just loved. Oh, wow. uh, particularly two uh, net direct to Netflix movies. One is called always be my maybe. Okay. Yeah. With uh, Ali Wong. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, Randall uh, Park, Randall Park. And the other one is Love Hard. I haven't uh, seen that. It's, uh, it just came out this year as a, like a little Christmas movie. Or not this year, uh, last year. It was a little Christmas movie with um, Nina Dobrev, and Jimmy Yang. Uh, Jimmy Yang you'd know from uh, Silicon Valley. Uh, but anyway, yeah, James Saito uh, is, is great. I, I love him in this uh, as the shredder, but I also like him like now. He does a lot of really cool stuff. But yeah, just like other other story stuff has just been eating at me. Like, why are all these kids just like, yeah, fuck it. We're going to be child soldiers. It sounds fucking rad. Let's do it. <laughs> that, like, they didn't really sell it that well either. Like, they I, didn't. It's but like, I, hey, we got, a, we got a skateboard warehouse but that's, with fucking pool tables. That I was going to say, I'm going to go immediately back on what I said because they don't sell it very well to someone who is ancient like me. However, <laughs> I do recall... I, I mean, when this came out, I was already an adult. But when <laughs> when this did come out, I did think it was awfully cool to have like that hang out with you know arcade games and skate park and all that. Like I thought that's well, sure. What a, but I that's wouldn't a cool join hangout. a fucking cult for it, wouldn't you? Maybe not. Yeah. Maybe. Well, maybe. Again, read between the lines. If you're maybe that all those kids were slightly mutated as well. Um, <laughs> it, it's. And it's free for all. Anything I mean, can happen. It's, there's a lot of just like accept it and move on kind of stuff happening in this movie, which again bugs the shit out of me. But I also really, really enjoyed this movie. <laughs> yeah, it, it's but it, it's so funny because uh, another connection that this movie shares some DNA with uh, is the the Fast and the Furious movies. Oh, okay, not really. But they both 
do that pretense. You sold that really well. Right. But they do both have this pretense where they're talking about how it's all about family. Um, And I think, surprisingly, Fast and Furious pulls that off better thematically across its 31 movies than Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 9 movies, I want to say. That's a pretty big stretch. So, but they really do want you to believe it's about family. They want you to believe it's about Shredder being the father, like that quote that you played, and, and all these kids just needing father figures, and that's why they buy into it. They want to make them proud. And to some extent, that concept, uh, I, I believe, like, you know, I, I think, yeah, I can understand that as an idea, not that they're selling it. And then with the turtles themselves, and Splinter is their adoptive father, and like they, they're all like brothers that need to come together, and all like, so there's all these familial elements, but that obviously isn't the the heart of the movie they i mean that's they wanted that but it was more like throwaway heart for the movie because they knew it's supposed to have something like that right um so yeah so i i see what they i can imagine them selling it like in a storyboard or in a pitch meeting and then it never really developing and then all it takes is like you know uh, throw a mutated rat and some chains and all of a sudden things fall apart you know i don't know (laughs) It's, I'm going to have to start questioning the, uh, the efficacy of these screenwriters because at some point this started to not make sense. Oh, did it though? I mean, no, it was always good. I mean, everything seemed pretty cohesive. I don't think there were any real, wasn't a lot of big shortcomings. So we're talking about. Steve Barron, you know, the director of this movie, did you know he was fired at the end of the movie? I did not. So after it was already filmed. But the reason is because he wanted the movie to be a lot darker. Oh, like (laughs) grittier darker? I don't know how this movie could get dark outside of Raphael screaming more. Um, Oh, my God. He screamed so much. He screamed a lot. He screamed a lot. And and Raphael is the only turtle who the voice actor is the same as the physical actor who portrayed him in the costume. That is true. That is correct. But uh, there, there was uh, a cut of this that was screened originally, and everybody, all the, everybody involved were just like, "Oh, this is just too dark. This, this is not going to be suitable for all ages." I don't even know if they were worried about ratings or whatever it was, but he was so adamant that they fired him, and they brought in, but he still got directing credit because he did everything except for the final edit and you know release and stuff. But this idea of a a Snyder-esque cut, you know, a barren cut. <laughs> like, is someone going to go back in the archives and put together the original version and then, like, get it all hyped up and then we turn out that there's just a scene where, like, Shredder actually attacks them with the pointy end of his sharp spear instead of hitting him in the <laughs> square in the chest with the flat part during a death duel? I don't know. Um, have I mentioned I really hate that final fight? <laughs> that final fight is terrible. It's one of the worst disappointing things. And it's like, there's no reason you can't be like, oh, well, James Sato is not a huge martial artist action guy. So unfortunately, we couldn't choreograph something good. It's like, he's wearing uh, no, a mask. Body double the shit out of people like, all the so time. So easily. Yeah, it's so many reasons why it could have been a, a great scene. And I think those kinds of fights, I think they've done better in other movies, of course. Um, but before we get... And I'm not trying to wrap things up necessarily right now, but I do have to bring up uh, my favorite of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies. I don't know how familiar you are with the entire scope of them. Not the entire scope. My reach is up to about number three in this trilogy. And then maybe one more after that. Yeah. So they, they, they did, like, the recent remakes, like, in 2014 and 2017, I want to say. And, again, a, a couple of cool things about them. But by and large, I, I want to say they're maybe Michael Bay movies, because that's what they feel like in terms of all the slow motion uh, rotations. Oh, are these, and, these are the ones with Megan Fox, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I, I think those are not Michael Bay. Yeah, those are not my favorite. My favorite, and I might have mentioned this before on a different podcast when we were talking about Batman movies... Is there is a Batman versus Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles animated movie from just a couple of years ago? I'm aware of this movie. I haven't seen it, but I'm aware of it. I mean, there's so many of these on uh, HBO Max now. Uh, Batman 
the whole milieu of of his uh i like saying that the, word a the, lot. the lexicon yeah like there's all these batman movies so i don't know if this one is on there it's definitely worth checking out and i watched it because i was in a wacky mood and i expected it to be garbage kind of like a scooby-doo type of you know scooby-doo plus the harlem globetrotters i thought it was going to be one of those right th- nonsense throwaway things and i surprisingly actually enjoyed it um they, you know they they basically team up team up to take on the league of assassins and the foot together Ooh, and it's just like and it was just really coolly animated a lot of good fight scenes and and like and it wasn't like the turtles from the animated series it was more like a animated version of the comic version of the turtles Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, like I want to re I'm going to rewatch that if I can find it cuz I if I recall correctly, it was, you know, a lot of fun. Not it was only like a year or two ago, I think, or maybe 3. So I don't think it qualifies as worthy of a memory distillery episode. But again, if, if whether you're talking about Batman or TMNT, uh, this movie can scratch both of those itches for you simultaneously, and it's like my dark horse pick for something that's actually way better than it has any right to be. Okay, I'm going to check it out because I, I really am interested in it. I, I I like crossovers like that, especially when they're done right. So that'll be uh, that'll be a nice little treat. I do have to be careful though with stuff that I watch now, <laughs> like apropos of nothing. On Sunday, my kid and I went and got haircuts, and then we came home, and he was like, all right, well, I'm going to watch a movie while I full laundry. And I go, all right, what are you watching? And he goes, Spawn. And I go, oh, that sounds good. And I'll just crash <laughs> out here on the couch and fucking watch Spawn. And then I get, like, probably three-quarters of the way through the movie. I go, oh, man, should I have John watch this? We could do a Spawn episode, but it's a little late for that now. So, Man, I have not good memories of Spawn, so who knows it's- how that would have turned out. Oh boy, it's uh, it's about the wreck that you remember it being. Yeah, sadly, there have been rumors for about twenty years of a, a newer version of that, but I, I, I even heard could play like, besides Michael J. White. Like, but I mean, that's I, another I, one like this where, like, for all of its faults, for all the shitty graphics and the hokey acting that happens from some some of the actors, like, I really like that movie. Yeah. Like, I really like Michael Jai White. I absolutely love John Leguizamo in it. Like, it's just, it, it's a fun, those two are fun together. Like, watching them go back and forth. Well, we're not here to talk about that. We're not, you're right. Thing. Uh, we're here to talk about Spider-Man. Oh, wait, no. We're here to talk about Turtles. There's there's also a movie I've never seen because it's not on any streaming service and I've never worked up the desire to actually just pay to stream it. Um, and let's just say, hypothetically speaking, you were the type of person who had your finger on the pulse of uh, downloading things via torrents or some whatever those kids do. Uh, it, it's not there either. I've, or at least I've the limited glancing I've done. But it's called Turtles Forever. Uh, it's from about 15 years ago or so, 10, 15 years ago. And it's like this Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Uh, again, not saying it's that quality, but it's combining the 80s turtles uh, from the cartoon show along with the the gritty turtles from the comic series and then also the black and white turtles from the original comic. And they intersect into a world uh, together and it's supposed to be pretty awesome if you enjoy the the turtles and their history and all that stuff i've i've never worked up the nerve to plunk down an entire two dollars and 99 cents but i just might do it sometime you never know well if you do let me know because i might be interested in watching that it's a real real teenage mutant turtles renaissance here here's some more trivia not about the movie but about teenage mutant turtles and my connection to them uh this they were the first definitive thing or character or i don't even know how to phrase it they're one of the first things i learned to draw that me too as a especially as a kid people are like oh cool like you know i got an actual reaction out of people at school or something if i you know whipped up you know and it's like once you knew how to do it as i'm sure you understand because like you learn it's they're very it's very geometric they have very specific shapes it's very simple and yet 
it's like one of those things like learning how to do a Rubik's cube. You know, if if you just learn the trick to it, you're you're cool, and then people go, oh wow. But it's like cranking out Leonardo's every five minutes. Like. Seriously, it was it was very vital to my development. That's how I became super popular. As like, oh wait, no, I was never popular. Damn it. You weren't popular? Not in high school. I wasn't in college. That's a shame. I thought for sure you 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 were that guy. I mean, I did go to a lot of high schools. Uh, I'm not saying my popularity <laughs> would have increased if I had stuck with one. Uh, well, but you don't want to put all your popularity eggs in one basket. That's so. true. But no, I was. I I don't think I ever became <laughs> in danger of being within a football field's distance away from being popular. It was never. <laughs> it was never really one of my uh, prospects. See, I was within a football field's distance of being popular, but that's because I was in the choir, and so I was singing at the football game where the popular people were. Well, I mean, I played football, and I still wasn't popular. I was in the marching band and played marching band and football. You know, at football games, it still wasn't popular, despite the notoriety of marching bands being really places you go to to become popular. So, so I mean, all the all the equations and the chemistry were there. Maybe I just needed a little mutagen, and I would have been awesome. Taking it back to the turtles. There we go. You know, one last thing that really just fucking irked the shit out of me. Mm. <laughs> what, it, what, it did what? Oh, it, it did. Uh, did it really irk your grits? <laughs> it kind it kind of did. Irking. Yes, sir. That's me. Time to get on the grit irking train. Two two grits. Grits. <laughs> so 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 what else? What irks my grits? Yeah. What irks my grits is, and I mentioned it at the beginning of this portion of the episode, but I'm going to bring it back up because it really does bear repeating. All of a sudden, it's just no big deal to just let April and Casey in on things. And yeah. Like, just tell them the whole fucking story and the mutagen and, <sighs> and you know, Master Yoshi and blah, 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 blah. Like, they just, they're just like, fuck it, let's do it. Let's let, let them in. They're in the gang now. No initiation, no background check. They're just, they're in the gang. Let's go, kids. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, and also that whole, like, as soon as April is okay with the turtles, everyone else who meets them are like, cool. Oh, whatever. Like, if you see oh, them, yeah. glance at it, no one freaks out. It's like, nah, cool, man. Turtles. Yeah, totally. What's yeah. that under your table? Oh, turtle. Cool. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, yeah, there's, let's just say, a little bit of inconsistencies, I don't know, a little bit. Hey, maybe, maybe we're not up on the regu- the, the lore of this mm-hmm. world, and maybe mutant-human hybrids with animals is a normal thing in that version of the world so maybe we're just being really judgmental and pushing our universe universal no you got it right the first time to them universe you, uh, universe nativity yeah so i in that case then i'll stop uh, accusing you of being a horrible horrible human being and instead get into the last thing that i know we got to touch on which is the soundtrack oh man holy <laughs> shit so, so we do have we do have a movie that starts off with MC Hammer. Yes, we sure do. So so you think, oh, okay. Well, you know, I don't know anything about this. I just learned from John that it was an independent picture, not funded by your traditional movie houses. And also, how did they land MC Hammer? I don't know. This is gonna be amazing. It's only gonna get better from here. Sure is. But does it? No, get any sure doesn't better. It doesn't. <laughs> well, <sighs> not until the end credits. Partners so here's, here's what we have: we yes. have MC Hammer, we have half a dozen songs by by like session studio bands uh, that are effectively royalty free, and then you have. T U R T L E Power by Partners in Crime. K R Y M E Partners in Crime which I can only assume is also a session group, but 
absolutely just fucking crushes it. I want this movie for my soundtrack. I'm actually, uh, I'm going to try a thing. If you're listening on Spotify or on the Anchor uh, app or Anchor.fm, you in a moment are going to hear this song in its entirety. Uh, If you're not listening on Spotify or on Anchor, you might want to switch over because you will hear this song and it's really, really dope. And Mm. I don't think you'll hear it on things like Apple or Stitcher. I don't know that the licensing for that, but uh, listen to this. And we'll be right back. Hey, everyone. Anthony here. Uh, Just want to let all you know, uh, there are two versions of this episode. If you go on Spotify, you'll see the second version. It'll say Spotify exclusive on it, and it has a 30-second clip of the song Turtle Power by Partners in Crime. Uh, This version obviously does not have that. We couldn't get licensing for other versions of the episode or for other platforms, I should say. Uh, so yeah, hop on over to Spotify. You can jump to, uh, like the 45 ish minute mark and you'll get that, uh, clip, uh, enjoy the rest of the episode. Okay. So you can see now (laughs) what we're talking about. This song, it, it has such a a force behind it. Like I found myself getting excited. It, It effectively summarizes the plot of the film, but it's so just like, yeah, you're rhyming and you're really into this and I'm into it too now. Yeah, you know, um, so the, the Turtle Power, uh, <laughs> it really took to the charts in the UK. Uh, it was number one on, on their charts as a single for four weeks straight. Oh my it never, God. It never even got close in, in the US. It was popular for a heartbeat just because of the, the movie. Um, but No, but I think it was barely on the radio at all. Yeah. Here. Yeah, it was. It wasn't until the movie itself kind of became an underground hit towards like the middle of its release that it actually even got on the radio at all. Um, really, the you know uh, Vanilla Ice song in the next movie got more. Uh, uh, go ninja, go yeah. ninja, go! Yeah, that got more immediate radio play, but it was obviously not a superior song. But it it did so oh, well by a long shot <laughs> that uh, partners in crime, uh, uh, you know, which of course DJ Keymaster Snow and MC Golden Voice, um, other people might know them by their human names, James Alpert and Richard Usher. But they they were like, wow, so we're like really good at this, and they immediately went to work on a follow up single uh, that had nothing to do with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles called Undercover, which was played in one country of the world for a little while and didn't I think it kind of got like to on the charts a little bit but not at all and it wasn't even played anywhere else um so I feel like we ought to also you and I should take it under our uh our assignment level here to really get the feel of the the musical history of this movie is we need to find undercover by the same group and listen up and report back maybe next week and see if yeah i think that that will we'll cover that in the front of next week's show yeah i think we really uh, which gotta focus i think, even I think more we've on kind of decided at this point both yeah. of us internally that we're going to do teenage mutant ninja turtles <sighs> 2 next week yeah. we don't normally announce the show it's just it's inevitable it's it's like, gonna happen folks yeah it's it's like a combination of uh thanos and gaston there we go it's inevitable uh, I, I don't know what I'm saying anymore. I think we better run away quickly as I everything is too. falling apart. Um, <laughs> we, we've gotten too punch drunk for the show anymore. Hey, quick, That's quick, our... quick, quick. No, 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 no. Oh, quick question. Oh, oh, okay. question. Sorry, 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 sorry. One sorry, last go. question. Yes. Uh, what Russian novel embraces more than 500 characters and is set in the Napoleonic Wars? Horn Peace. Ah, damn it. Okay. We can end now. <laughs> That's our show, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to us each and every week as you just as we distill another favorite from our past. We have new episodes every Monday, so come and hang out with us on Apple and Spotify and Stitcher and all those other podcast apps. Or this week, maybe you want to just do Spotify, uh, so you can listen to that. That oh God, it's such a great track. But if they're already it's listening so and they're not on Spotify, good. they're going to have to do more than one thing. That's true. Whew, uh, that's that's rough. I, I that, bet that they can rough, handle it. But hey, you know it. what? You have to make your choices in life. Uh, also, head over to tmdpod.com. That's where all of our stuff is and all of our people are and whatnot and that stuff. John. Yeah. No, no. I, I think 
your unintentional portmanteaus and your elegant lead up to the final closing have all inspired me. Uh, I'm going to become a rapper. Uh, I'm hoping for <laughs> a, a real, you know, a, a nice dark noir take on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle franchise. And I will be D- DJ Shellington and wrap us out of here. And we'll DJ wrap Shellington. Us out yeah. So, uh, that's our show. Mm, everyone. Okay. Uh, I'll have to work on that. Uh, you all have been listening to us and that's great. But in order to continue listening to us, you are definitely going to need to understand one thing. And that is no matter how much we talk about partners in crime, they don't stack up to Semaphore, who does a song for our show. Uh, and that song's called Destroying the Evidence. So Correct. check that out. Have a lot of fun with that. And when you're done, then move on to MC Hammer and Vanilla Ice's turtle-centric library. Anyway, uh, please email us with any questions or comments or turtle memories uh, you would like to share with us. I'll, give you, I'll tell you what, for every two turtle memories our audience shares with us, I'll share one more of my turtle memories. It's a great deal. You're not going to get it better than anywhere else, but you'll need to know those memories need to be sent to the memory distillery at gmail.com. Uh, you can also tweet us at TMDPod, uh, and that's our Instagram handle as well. And, you know, there's lots of ways to connect with us. Just go on Facebook and put in the memory distillery. Uh, we'll be doing a lot of cool and new and weird stuff, like getting really, really far into turtle movies. And I don't know <laughs> if I'm excited or scared or sad or all of these things. We can uh, always pull the ripcord if it doesn't work out, but damn it, I think it's I think gonna. It's, it's gonna. It's probably gonna really work out well. This for might us. be our best series ever. This we're, might we're become gonna... the year of the turtle. Oh shit! Um, we got what eleven months to go. I think we'll we can find enough st- stuff. So, thanks for listening, everyone. I'm John Deck, and I'm Anthony Vernari, and this has been the Memory Distillery. Cowabunga! <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it in one. Yeah.